0: You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Eurosimos. Ladies and gentlemen, the return of Jaguar High, our first ever guest, throwing it back all the way to episode three, the man who broke the ice on Here for the Truth podcast. Um, Brother, so, so glad to have you back. For those that want an initiation into who Jag is, check out episode 3 he is an incredible human being a brother and a therapist specializing in removing subconscious limitations what's going on man
1: so good to be back fellas like what a journey you guys have been on and myself as well since the year since we did our first uh, our first initiated initiation into this man it's um so good to watch you guys just reach new heights and the messages you guys are spreading are profound we've tried to do another podcast a couple of times so it hasn't worked out due to timing but um, yeah mate so good to be back and I'm pumped and yeah we've got some awesome things to talk about today which I'm looking forward to. Same here man. Yeah dude
0: absolutely man like it's crazy to think that it's 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 been a year since then and also just contemplating like how much is possible in a year when you when you choose authenticity when when you choose to um walk, walk a path of of integrity and truth you know because I know for me personally like I used to I used to resent the years passing because I wasn't living in in, in authenticity. You know, what I mean, I was, I was sitting mm-hmm. in my hands. I was leaving my potential on the sidelines. I was leaving my dreams by the wayside, and you resent the years passing. It's like fuck another years passed. What have I done? How am I ever gonna get there? I'm getting mm-hmm. into that, et cetera et cetera. But then you spend one year in in true alignment with true purpose, and it's like literally, man, mountains can be moved.
1: Yeah, and that's beautiful to what you said. You said, you know, what's possible? The first thing I thought about, well, what's not possible anymore? And what's not possible is wasting time, speaking shit, hanging around people that aren't aligned, buying into the narrative that's no longer serving you. So, and I think I spoke about this in my first podcast with you guys. Like, I'm all about the process of negation and moving things out of the way. You know, it's about removing things and we remove what's not possible, which is I just can't not speak the truth anymore. It's like, it's like I'm in like chains if I do it and I just don't partake in it anymore. So that's why we're so aligned because, you know, it's just some of your postmen have just been like, yes, brother. Yes. Like speak the truth, you know, it makes people uncomfortable, but I feel like, you know, that's what strong men are here to do. We have to speak the truth and we have to stand in truth regardless of vitriol or attack or anything that comes forward. So that's not possible for me anymore. And to be able to, stand there and say oh just kind of wrap everyone up in cotton wool like fuck that time for that's done
0: i like i like what you said there man and particularly in terms of moving things out of the way that's the reason i speak the way i speak that's the reason i speak my truth it moves out of the way everything that's not meant for me everything that's not in alignment with my path you know i mean i'm I'm signaling to the world every time i say something or post something you mean where i'm going and who's 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 not going to walk alongside me at the same time you know
1: yeah, one of my favorite posts you did was, and this will be paraphrasing of Baden was like, imagine like being double penetrated, jabbed with poison, <laughs> so you can celebrate walking into a shop. You know, <laughs> like it's just, oh, it's beautiful, man. It's so poetic, but so true, you know. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Thanks, brother.
0: Man, today we want to talk about what it really means to be a high value man. So cool. Can you lay the foundations for us and get this rolling?
1: Yeah, so I speak a fair bit about that in my work and also in some of my posts and I've been getting a little more um, direct in the way that it's been done. You know, I just did a post this morning around like the extremism around porn and women being celebrated by, you know, becoming prostitutes and strippers and having a slutty phase and getting their notch count up in the name of sexual liberation. And I basically said in it that no woman that's got any value wants a man that's addicted to extreme porn that doesn't honour them or know themselves. Mm -hmm. And no man wants a woman that's sleeping with fucking 10 dudes at one time in the name of sexual liberation while their womb is a dumping ground for trauma and probably some sort of spiritual interference. Mm -hmm. So what I looked at was what makes... What's the number one attribute that a man really wants? And that's freedom, right? As men, we're built to want to be free. So, what does that look like? You know, so the first thing we look at is what does see women, what do women see men as? And this will probably rattle some cages, but women see men as success and security objects. That's basically it. They run by a biological nature called hypergamy, which is to basically level up. So they want to marry up, and what they'll do is they'll want the strongest or the most capable alpha in the group. And usually what really women want is to be able to control and subdue the strongest male. What they'll do, she'll, they'll turn the alpha into a beta, get rid of him, and then go for another alpha. So when you know the biologics of it, then you can start to sort of understand the nature of it. But what that will do, and there's a beautiful quote, I think it's by, I can't remember who it's by actually, that a good woman, sorry, no, a man, a good man will make a woman stronger but a woman will make a strong man weaker, okay? Now, what this is is because when they're not in alignment with really what they want to do, sex will weaken a man, okay? So men will see women as sex objects. Women will see men as success objects. So we have to know the nature of um, biology and um, interrelational gender dynamics. Men are logic and reasoning. We're analytical in the way we approach things. That's like if we have an issue to be like, all right, Joel, I've got an issue. And you're like, what's up? I'm like, this is up. And you're like, cool, man, got it. Sorry, you're like, sweet, let's go have a beer or let's go play some pool, whatever. And you forget about it, you never bring it up. Women are behavioral and emotional. So this is why men have a difficult time in understanding the dynamics between like, a woman will be like, you're walking out and you go, hey, babe, I'm going out to see the guys for a little while. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. It's like, okay, cool, see you later. Then half an hour later, you get text on, can't believe you left me, blah, 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 blah. So they operate behaviorally and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Men operate logically and analytically. So that's the first thing we need to understand. That's why they say men are from Mars, women are from Venus. The high-value man, the first thing a man needs is purpose. He needs some sort of mission and drive. And never, ever, ever make a woman your number one priority in your life. She might say that she wants it, but she won't respect you over time. She'll feel unsafe. She'll lose sexual interest in you she'll lose desire for you and respect and she'll go find someone else so the first thing to do it is you have to be working towards mission purpose be on point on purpose and be conscious that's the first thing this the part about it is men we're meant to build we're meant to create you know we want to do things we want to create legacy that's in our DNA that's what we're supposed to do so the first thing is mission right then you want to look at controlling and conquering the mind. Because if we're in the wild, we're going to have to use our mind to be able to survive. We're not going to out-wrestle a bear. We're not going to kill a tiger with our bare hands. We have to use our mind to do so. So we've got the neocortex. Human beings have the neocortex, which animals don't. And so that allows us the ability to be self-referential. We have to, we're able to understand the concept of a god. We're able to look at each other and go, there's a me, a you, there's a we. And we're able to generate connection through the neocortex. Animals don't have that developed as we do. So that's the second thing we need to do is understand the nature of the mind. As a man, if you get the mind in check, you'll you'll be good. You know, Marcus Aurelius says it the best. He goes, thoughts are the colors that dye the soul, right? So Mm -hmm. once we understand the nature of the mental constructs that we're in, we can start to play the game, right? And then what we need to do is we need to build a life around that. So I say if you're between 35 to 45, you're on point you're on purpose you're a conscious awakened male so you're not buying into the blind obedience of the matrix of hookup culture fast food seed oils you know completely denigrating and disrespecting yourself sleeping around all that sort of stuff watching porn's a big one which i think which we can get into today so that's the process of removing all of that and then what we do is we start to look at traditional aspects of what made a man virtue honor legacy strength pride courage and the ability to stand alone with his other brothers and be able to move forward, right? So if we have these attributes, plus we start to work through our childhood trauma. And also another part of it, which is not essential, if you don't come with an ex-wife or two ex-wives or three with you know multiple mothers, uh, multiple kids to multiple mothers, and you're largely free, you are a high value male. So the way I live my life, I can work from anywhere. I make a significant amount of money. I'm in the top 0.1% of earners. Um, I don't have an ex-wife with kids, I'm on point, I'm on purpose, I've found my mission, I'm actively working in it, and I would never make a woman my number one priority, and I have freedom to move wherever I want, whenever I want, within reason, without COVID, of course, then I'm in the point, top 0.1% of males around. And so that's what we want to work towards. But the first thing you need is purpose. That's that's the absolute first thing I can say about generating any high-value male.
2: Mm. That's amazing, man. Uh, real quickly, you were bringing up logic and reason. Now, those are fine uh, foundational elements of a man, but we see in our culture where men have been so feminized that they're behaving more from a behavioral and emotional place. So can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah, I talk about this a lot, you know, where it's, um, it's really out there in the lexicon where I've seen uh, videos of women holding their men crying in their arms. And I'm like, oh, like... I look at it and I just go, no, nah, this is this is not the way. But if you want to express emotions, like the way that I do it is I'll go and my partner says about me, she goes, the thing that I love the most about you is you just handle your shit. So if I'm going through something real hard, I'll say to her, I'm like, I'll come back to you when I'm ready. I need to sit in this and work through this and face my own stuff. So... I'm a fan of men's groups, but men's groups I find are becoming like women's groups. They're just like a bunch of hens sitting around clucking, talking about their shit and not getting anywhere. You know, that's just dumping. Just because it's in front of men, what they're doing is actually starting to biologically buy into and program themselves for the um, verbal conditioning that women have. So men have an average of around 1,000 words a day they need to get out. Women have 10,000 So if we're just in men's groups, you know, dumping everything on each other, then it starts to become programming for where we're operating emotionally. We become unstable. We talk about our problems all the time. And then what we do is we start to operate more in the feminine aspect, which is being driven by emotion rather than a bit more what I'm a fan of is stoicism, where a man can handle large amounts of pain and look largely unfazed by it, but still be able to go and face his own stuff. And so what we're seeing is the feminization of men in society. Now, why would that be? And this happens in porn too. So a lot of men that watch porn continually, they get turned on by watching other men fuck women. Okay, that's the beta cut, like the typical beta cut. And now what that means is that their proclivity towards sexuality is to be dominated by a woman that will say, I want to sleep with other men. So that's an emotional thing. So if we're betas, we're going to be driven by our, emotional need for it like for insecurity and security. There's neediness that's going to be driven out of it. Clinginess. We'll let the women do whatever they want. And so our society is driving all these men to constantly be vulnerable, constantly talk about their emotions, constantly be talking about their feelings, that makes their woman feel unsafe because she's not going to be able to trust that when he when it comes down to it, he's going to be strong and stable enough to be in control of his emotions. And she's going to feel unsafe. The polarity is going to shift from a magnetism perspective. She'll lose desire for him and she'll start operating logically and analytically.
2: Yeah, man, I've, I've heard this from so many women and I'm curious your thoughts on like when this shift happened, because there's a period where women were like, but I, I just want my man to like open up to me. And then they do it and they're like, oh, you, you know, so, <laughs> on some level, you know, so I, I, I'm curious <laughs> like what you think was the was the, the switch. Is it like more new age thinking, you know, especially some of these men's groups, I think lead more towards this like new age, like we're one, let's all come together and, 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 and share our feelings as opposed to like a much mm-hmm. more traditional masculine way of dealing things, which is like, let's talk less and maybe even just release more, you know, and in, in some yeah. kind of ritual.
1: Yeah. I think feminism was the start of it. To be honest, feminism was the destruction of the family unit where it started to, create the rise of equality. Now, pay equality and things like that, sure. But women are not meant to do what men are supposed to do and vice versa, you know? And so I think that was the start of it because it was the destruction of the family unit and then women wanting to become men. I saw this guy, his name's Dominic Quattriano or something like that. He's a masculinity coach. And on his page, he was asking for suggestions. And in the comments, comments, one woman said, we need strong women leading men. And his response as a masculinity coach was, those are great suggestions. I'll think about putting those up next time. I'm like, "Oh, this is the antithesis to what it means to be a man. A man saying that a woman saying that it's okay for strong women to lead men is the antithesis to masculinity. And so where I think it started was the feminist movement. And now I think we're in fourth wave feminism or whatever, mm-hmm. or something like that. And it's just become more and more destructive, which now it's leading into the transgender agenda, um, which is becoming even more destructive. And the attack on masculinity, the attack on the alpha male, the attack on strong masculinity. And so I believe that it was it was feminism that really started it, and that's become more toxic and the whole narrative of smash the patriarchy. Um, I was actually talking to my partner <laughs> and I, I want to get more info and I'm going to do a post on this. And a woman that she was studying with was saying that the earth wants the blood of the women from their menstruation cycles and because men have shamed them men now go to war because they shamed women about their periods like as if women not giving their blood to the earth and being shamed about it are responsible for all the fucking wars that men create like the stretch in the correlation like you know cause isn't doesn't e- correlation doesn't equal cause right and i was laughing at this when i was listening to this cuz i said talk about trying to find Any correlation to blame men on the thing, like because women got shamed for their menstrual cycles, which I don't think they should be. It's a beautiful part of the woman's cycle, right? But to say that all wars are created because of this, it's just this massive stretch of feminist bullshit and rhetoric and ideology as an attack on masculinity. So, what do they do? They attack masculinity. Men have to retreat because of that, because they feel that they're toxic and bow down to a feminist ideal and feminist is destroying women as much as it's destroying men. So I believe like the short answer was feminism that really started the attack on masculinity.
2: Yeah. It was what's really interesting too is that, you know, this movement to blame men for everything. And when you mm-hmm. think about it, every single human that has ever been born on this planet has been born through a woman. You know, yeah. so the, the 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 psychology of the female during the in utero period, the nine months and traditionally speaking, most human beings were raised by a woman, you know, for the first few years that have a huge impact on the development of that child's character. So if Mm -hmm. if some person turns out, let's say fucked up, or having serious issues, like where's the responsibility of the mother to be like, Hey, I played a role in how this individual turned out. And so I I think there's not enough. um... Now, again, we're having a conversation on what it means to be a high value man. And so of course, as men, we have to take responsibility for the ways that we're, we're not stepping up. And at the same time, it's like th- there needs to be some some uh, awareness of that fact as well, in my opinion. But I've, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Uh,
1: yeah, totally. That's an excellent point. that's where I was going to go to next is that women that um, are boys that are raised by single moms have a host of problems. They're the ones that like if the father disappears, now the father should stick around, don't have a child unless you're going to stick it out. But um, a woman that's raising a boy that boy, I think eighty. I think it's like it's a high correlation, and I, I don't want to say stats without it being in front of me. But from memory, it's around seventy to eighty percent of the problems with boys that become problem men are because they're raised by single mothers. And I had a woman message me the other day around it, and she goes, "Yeah, you know, we need men create uh, women creating strong boys." And I said, "No, I said drop that fucking bullshit narrative. We need." strong men being an influence to raise the right boys, not women. Women are the love, the nurturers, the kindness, they sustain, they're soft, they're receptive. It's not their role to create strong men. They're not going to be able to. They're simply not. They'll create imbalanced boys that have distorted views around the way that they see the world. We need strong men stepping up into the father roles. That's our responsibility. The three of us in here as men as well to send this message out there to stand up and do the right thing because a man needs to raise a boy. A woman is meant to love a boy into nurturance and acceptance and a man is meant to help mould him to become a man of character and integrity. So it's totally right. The vessel is the female. And so whatever's happening in utero is largely taken on from whatever she's going through at the time too and subsequently after that when the child's brought into this world.
0: Yeah. Um, Like... I think one of the biggest signposts that we can look at for the, I guess, the the, the feminization of men, particularly if, if we're gauging men by the traits of logic, reason, rationality, which obviously anyone is capable of exhibiting these, 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 these traits, but sure, we can call them masculine traits for now. But just look at the past couple of years, how much reason was denied, how much logic was denied, how much rationality was denied, and how many men bent the knee and submitted to a higher, call it male authority figure, be it the government, be it the politicians, be it whatever it might be, and chose to literally deny their own logic despite everything in order to, yeah. to go along, to get along, you know. And even just in that act, in that process of choosing to live in illusion and choosing to, you mean. Pretend that, pretend that this this charade that masks do anything and that the air is scary and all the rest of it. What are they doing to their own psyche each time they make those choices? Right, they're diminishing and, and chipping away at their own reason. And then, what does hmm. that do to someone's self trust? To someone's self respect? Right? Am I am I actually capable of asserting myself in a, in an appropriate yeah. way according to what I actually know know as truth?
1: Yeah. yeah Yeah, and that's a really good point you know like they say that empires are built on stoicism which is logic and reasoning and they fall on epicureanism which is pleasure and self-indulgence and we are witnessing the fall of another empire right now i wouldn't even call it an empire because empires are usually seen as something that achieves greatness and i wouldn't say that what we've lived in has achieved any sort of greatness there's been some technological innovation but i see that as more of a foundation for setting up an agenda where we're starting to completely desecrate and destroy the essence of the human being. And you're right, if people can't even think for themselves out of basic elements of survival, I mean, I I live up in Mullumbimby, which is kind of like known as the anti-vax capital of the country. And I saw two people walking this morning, their dogs with two of those plastic masks on. And I'm like, wow, still at this time, people aren't able to get past their own fears and programming and think, hang on a sec, maybe something isn't right here. So they just want to give it away because people don't like to think for themselves. They really don't because that means they have to be responsible. Mm -hmm. And when they become responsible for themselves, that means everything they've ever done, they have to be accountable for. And good luck when they're suckling on the teat of daddy government and they want to be completely dependent. You're not going to get that kind of behavior where someone goes, right, it's time for me to become powerful and step up logically and within reason assess where I'm at, take, well, not even take my power back. You know, we see people say, oh, the government's taking our rights away. It's like, no, you're giving them away. You're giving them away. No one can take your power or your rights away. Only you can give it away. And we give it away to the idea that we don't have power and we don't have rights. And so people, and this is why I'm big on the Stoic philosophy, because it's about logic and reasoning. You make decisions from a reasoned and sober mind, you'll live a good life. If you make all your decisions out of emotional reactivity, you're completely powerless and you're not going to get anywhere.
0: It's so true, man, because the the moment that you make decisions from from these places of just whims, you know, um, or or emotional reactivity, then, um, shit, where where, where, where was it going like that? I lost my train of thought, mid-sentence. Logic and reasoning versus uh, reactivity. Yeah, but the moment, that's right. The moment you do that, you enter into into a state of contradiction you know, how, yeah. how can how can any of the world make sense from that contradictory state when when everything is random, right? When, when my decision-making mm. process is, is, is random, it's not formed by any basis of reason, you know? And the world mm. has to make sense to a human being. And particularly in the study of self-esteem, the world has to make sense. We have to find ourselves worthy and competent of dealing with the challenges of life. But if everything yeah. out there is random, if my decision-making process is random, how am I ever going to get to that point, you know?
1: Yeah, and when it's not cogent or you're not self-aware, and this is part of like what I really do the work on, is our thoughts, which are automated, uh, they're formed in these subconscious programs, right? They're these constructs which exist in the subconscious mind in a form of negation, like I'm not something, I'm I'm not enough, I'm not wanted, you know, I have no power. If we feel like we have no power, we're gonna fall into the victim perpetrator construct right? Mm -hmm. So if we're the victim, we're going to need a perpetrator. Then if we don't have someone to be the perpetrator, we'll become the perpetrator to maintain our own sense of victimhood. That's where we start to become irrational. It's where we start to become random. We can't think properly, We can't think straight. We're just constantly looking for a way to garner sympathy so we can maintain our own victimization. People love to be a victim because there's a payoff to it. So we have to start unwinding these things that are in our mind and start to understand why we are the way we are then we can start to live a life where we can take our own direction and make our own choices, not at the whim of this subconscious programming, which is in us from birth or in utero as well, where we become formed by the pressure of society rather than becoming formed through the pressure of our own tragedies, our own you know, difficulties, our own challenges that we need to overcome. You know, It's like a diamond is a, is a, is a piece of coal But for it to become a diamond, it requires a lot of pressure and friction in order to produce the precious stone. Whereas most people, like especially nowadays, like, fuck, like you look at the current state of the modern man, it's like there's barely any pressure you can apply to a a man. He's more like an orange. You can squeeze it with one hand, you know? Like squeeze an orange, orange juice comes out. You squeeze a human. Usually not much good stuff comes out when they're under a lot of pressure. So the ability to handle pressure or the inability to handle pressure creates these erratic, unstable, drunk, drug-taking sort of males that don't really have any foundation in, any, in anything solid.
0: Yeah. 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 You want to go? I was just going to make the point that, like, trials and tribulations, they're built into the hero's journey. We all have to, have to meet suffering yeah. and deal with suffering and overcome fear on, on any kind of authentic path, you know? Mm. And, and, and you're right. That, that that is the way forward and you started the conversation that way. purpose is essential. So my my question to you is how does one find how does someone cultivate purpose? How does someone find purpose?
1: You know? Yeah, look, that's a good question. So there's an analytical way to do it. So it's usually right in front of you. So I get people to look at what do they spend most of their time involved in that's actually nourishing. Not I'm not talking video games and porn and fucking Doritos on the couch watching Netflix like get rid of that and allow something to come forward so when I was looking at this I looked at what do I read the most about and it was about mystical experiences the nature of consciousness reality shamanism that sort of stuff right so I was like okay cool there's this element to me which is quite deep then I looked at well what comes naturally to me I'm a natural born communicator speaking in words in my gift and so I was like okay cool well there's that then I looked at what do people come to me for what do they compliment me on? One was how well I can articulate things, but people would always come to me for advice in their relationship, business, money, whatever it was, just as a sounding board. And then I looked at it and I'm like, oh, I'm meant to be a therapist. And it was that simple. It was just a moment of clarity that I looked at. But then that's one part. So I found the broad stroke, but then I looked at what's the hardest task that I can take on. This is a bit more of the esoteric part where I was sitting on the end of my bed and I literally heard a voice just tell me that I was here to help. Dissolve sexual trauma. And I was like, okay. Then I started looking up courses. There's no courses on it. Like, basically, in traditional therapy, they say that it can't be done. You're not supposed to address the sexual trauma in and of itself. This was a few years ago. I heard this anyway. It might have changed these days. And you're not supposed to go back into it because you can re traumatize someone. So it's almost for sexual trauma victims, it's like it's a no go zone, right? Now, I was never sexually traumatized. So I thought this was a bit of a strange journey for me because I'd never. I'd never been pulled towards it. I'd never understood it. But that was my big task. And so I said, all right, well, if no one's done it yet, then I'll go figure out how to do it. So that was my impossible task. And it's like this, men need like this Herculean task where he had the 12 tasks, you know, and I posted that with um, him wrestling the Nemean lion the other day, whose uh, coat couldn't be pierced by any arrows. And so he had to go and kill the Nemean lion and skin him and take his skin. And that's where You see the sculpture where he's got the lion's head and the paws uh, tied up across his chest. And as men, we need the task. So we need to figure out what industry we want to be in and then how we're going to innovate to change that. And those two things are really important. Take on the biggest task you can possibly think of taking on. That might be just leading your family. You know, it might be just being a coach to... Boy Scouts. I don't even know if that shit's still around, but if it is, go do that. But you I might be starting a podcast like you guys are doing where you're in the face of ridicule. You'll be like, no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. It doesn't need to be Elon Musk style, change the world kind of stuff. But change yourself, you'll change the world around you anyway. So list those things, find what you're most interested in, and then find the hardest task possible and go after it. That's how I help men with purpose.
2: What do you think? You brought up Herculean tasks. like. There used to be this initiation from boyhood to manhood, manhood that I think is missing from society. And so, like, what's your recommendation to to fathers with young boys on how to to support them in that process? Like, you know, I feel like back in the days, they throw you in the forest and it's like, yeah, hey, here's a
1: knife. Figure it out. Whereas mm. now it's like, ah, oh, don't take me away from my <laughs> video game. <Like, laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so there's three types of uh, cultures that tribes used to be split into. So there was the farmer culture, which they'd learn to grow food. There was the hunter culture, so they'd go and learn to hunt. And there's the warrior culture, they were the fighters, right? So pick whichever one you are. Now, people think, oh, farmers, that's a bit soft. But the strength that it took to become a farmer back in the day, like, that's why they call it, this guy's got farm boy strength. And those dudes will fucking crush watermelons with their hands, like this. They're, they're the strongest out of the three. The warriors are the most vicious, and the hunters are usually the most cunning. Right? So I would look at one of those three. For me, it was martial arts. Like I've done martial arts for years now. I love it. I love to fight. I enjoy violence. I love like hitting myself against another man. You know, like Fight Club. He goes, "You don't know yourself until you don't know yourself till you fought someone." Right? Men, we need that primal masculine instinct to come out. So I would say to a father, take your son hunting if that's what you like, teach him to grow food and develop strength through lifting weights or whatever, or teach him martial arts in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or whatever one that you know resonates. Those are the three things. Like in the Spartan culture, seven-year-old boys would be taken from their mothers, cast out into society in order to survive. Fucking seven years old, man. Seven years old, and they're out and they have to go survive on their own. Seven-year-olds nowadays. Like they're probably vaping and like, you know, calling their mom by their first name asking for gender reassignment surgery. Like what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's what I'd look at one of those three for sure as a father to, to a son.
2: Uh, you said something before and I just made me think of that Mike Tyson quote, what it was like, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. I don't know why. It just yeah. make me th- think of that. Uh, yeah.
1: Uh, there's, <laughs> a, there's a good one. I wrote this the other day, which is um, mortal danger crushes fixed ideas. So it's like if you're putting yourself in a difficult position, all your fixed ideas and concepts just go out the window.
2: Yeah, as a man, it's like you have to have the resilience to deal with what gets thrown at you in life. You know, whether you're a farmer, whether you're a hunter, whether you're a warrior. You know, can you stand in the face of whatever gets thrown at you? Stay solid, like you said. The the stoicism is is uh, is is rooted in that, and handle your business. So I uh, yeah, yeah, I dig that. I I like the 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 triumvirate. uh, Excuse me. <laughs> Got to put that on forward. It's a God calling, bro. Yeah. <laughs>
1: hello, hello. Which one am I,
2: Hunter? <laughs> yes, Farmers? Mr.
1: President. A warrior. Yeah. Yes, Mr. President. I'll call you back. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Biden. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's so it's it's so true, man. Because um. You know, and this is, this is so many signposts, the synchronicities forming at the moment. The response as well being called to and get engage, engaged in some kind of martial arts or get into some kind of primal activity and some kind of form of, you mean, controlled anger release as well. But when you're in, when you're up against fighting someone, like someone's coming at you, going to fucking knock your head off, it's going to trigger everything in, in 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 your nervous system. it's going to, what's going to come up is fuck. You mean, what what am I going to do in this situation? And I'll give you a personal example. Last year, I was getting sushi and across the road, there was this fucking ice junkie male trying to literally um, like be beat his girl or his partner or whatever it was. And people were just standing there watching it. And I couldn't, man. And I was like, what are you doing? What the hell is going on? And stood stood like, don't, don't hit her. I going to run her into the road. And then this guy, he stopped looking at her. His eyes gazed to me. Fixated on me, he crossed the road. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. What have I got myself into? I backed into the sushi shop, thinking he's not going to come in here. Did he just walk straight into the sushi shop? Just fucking black eyes punched me square in the head and then left. Right, and then afterwards, Mm. I was like, Joel, man, you didn't even get a hand up. You didn't even fucking defend yourself on any level whatsoever. You were still trying to passively appease him, even from the moment he got close to you. Mm. I'll be honest with you, man, that built some resentment within me against myself. You mean, it started in yeah. you know, this questioning process as well. Um, so, yeah, I'm, just, I'm curious to explore that a bit more, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think it's just really important to know if stuff goes down then you can handle yourself. It doesn't mean that you need to in every situation. Now, an ice junkie or something like that, like this is why I love grappling because it's, you know, if I saw an ice junkie doing that, you know, I probably wouldn't get involved in it unless they were coming towards me. Like the one thing jiu-jitsu taught me was how not to fight right? As in like, just the, I so my coach said to me once, he goes, the best self-defense is to not be there, mm. you know? And so that's an important one. Now, once you get into it, you know that you can handle it and we can have, we can do those things where we need to protect women and stuff like that. But I'm always of the volition. If someone's coming at me, I just attack first. If someone was coming at me aggressively, I would just go first. But this is the part like, you know, and one of these noble things that we hear is like, I'd throw myself in front of the bus for my kids or I'd die for them. I'm like, well, actually, actually biologically, you'd probably freeze because you'd go into a complete shutdown state because you'd been shot. You wouldn't be able to do shit unless you've actually like been in those situations where you know what to do. It's going to be very difficult. And the thing with an ice junkie, Joel, you could have probably been a really good boxer. And if you didn't have knockout power, he probably wouldn't have felt it. Like you could break a nice junkie's arm, he won't go for it. So yeah. at that point, you've got to look at something like strangling him where you cut the blood off to his brain. And I posted this about with a photo of jiu-jitsu because that's called the lion killer when you strangle someone. That's what Hercules did, right? He strangled the lion. And that's a really important tool to master because if you can even train jiu-jitsu to get your blue belt, you pretty much be able to beat most guys on the street that can't fight in a close quarter confrontation. And so in that, if he came over and punched you, like if he was coming towards me, I would have just wrestled him to the ground and strangled him. But it's, it gives you though that motivation to go, wow, I never want to be in that position ever again. That's And right. that's a good reason to go and do it. And hopefully you never have to use it. I hope I never have to use it ever again. And I yeah. hope I never get into another street fight. But if I have to, at least I know I can handle myself.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think what Joel, you, refer, you referred earlier about where I'm at right now is that, you know, I... I played a lot of sports. I wrestled when I was younger. Um, and I just feel like currently in my life, I've moved away from that and it's showing up, it's showing up even just how I feel and even in my psyche energetically. And so it's like perfect timing that we're having this conversation. And then uh, our last guest was a Qigong master and and actually referred a place well, about 20, 30 minutes away from me that goes Muay Thai boxing and, and jujitsu. And so I'm feeling called to just get that energy moving and to be in that aggression, because I know there are big aggressive parts of me that aren't being fed. There are even competitive parts of me in this place that just want to just experience the energy and the, and the blood throwing, flowing through me in a certain way that just feels stagnant right now. And, and um, yeah, anyways, this is where I'm at right now and I, I'm happy that we're talking about this.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good, it's definitely good to go and do it. Like I've done Muay Thai and boxing and I did those for a number of years. But when I found Jiu Jitsu, that was really the thing that pulled me into it because it is so difficult. and It's so hard on the body. It's, it's so complex. It's called human chest. So you can't really ever master it. There's a guy in Turkey that did a PhD study on it. And I don't know if this is still relevant, but he said to learn every transition to muscle memory. So every transition, every move to master it, where it's all subconscious, you'd have to train three times a day for over 600 years. Because it's so complex. So you'd never actually be able to master it. And to speak to your point where you move away from that, I did over the last couple of years because I had a uh, bucket handle tear in my meniscus so I couldn't train jujitsu. And I found what I did is I became a little bit more irrational internally and I started to lean back on my words as my weapons to dominate in that way rather than get that energy out into a physical perspective and it was like I kind of bought into like oh, I'm a healer and you know it's all peace and love and acceptance I don't want to hurt anyone it's like no I fucking love strangling other dudes if I'm in a hard fight I fucking love it you know it gets yeah. it out of me and I yeah. found that over the last two years situations would come up that normally wouldn't even fall in my periphery yeah. but they were affecting me because I didn't have that outlet to be able to Go and you know, me and another guy go, all right, let's go, let's do this for five minutes and go at 100% and see who wins, you know, so it's super important. And you don't really know the deficit it creates until the deficit is there.
2: Mm. Yeah, without a doubt, I, I noticed it too. Like there's like an extra buzziness and me wanting to use my language in a different way and words and humor. And yeah, you know, spending more time on devices, obviously, you know, for work, you know, we have the podcast, we have our coaching, it's like, okay, where do we find the balance? Because technology's here. Uh, We utilize it to do our work. And yet at the same time, I'm surrounded by nature and there's this opportunity to connect to it in in a deeper way. So the timing's perfect and I'm ready to go. Plus, I find that old patterns start coming up and start feeding, like I start feeding them in a a way because I don't think I'm moving that energy, some of that kind of primal energy. So we'll see
0: how it unfolds.
1: Hmm. Even just, Yeah.
0: Even just from a Jungian psychology standpoint, you know, sh- shadow integration—like how much aggression and anger is repressed just, just growing up. You mm. mean we're, we're we're taught to be submissive in in the face of this 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 moral code that's just given to us. Oh, you can't react like that. You mean oh, you you can't mm. express yourself that way. You know, and I think everyone carries this, this this repression. So I think this is important for everyone, not just men and women, to be able to deal and feel their their anger in some kind of way. You know. What's well, life force, force nice. energy.
2: That's like such a powerful life force energy. People shun and judge anger. And yet to be able to tap into it in a healthy way, in a measured way, I mean, I think people who, who struggle with low energy and, and certain um, uh, chronic conditions, depression, there's just a disconnection from that life force. Mm.
1: Yeah, there totally is. And that's a, that's a really good point that you made there. Because we look at also in our narrative as well. It's like men that get angry are toxic. But women that express rage are divine feminine. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's absurd, you know? I did a post about this, and I said, you know, it's interesting to know that when men get angry, it's toxic masculinity, but when women express rage, it's, oh, I'm a divine goddess, you know, and you're meant to hold the space. And one woman wrote on there, she goes, every narcissistic man on the planet will love this. And I said, yeah, and every angry feminist will hate it, you know, <laughs> because that's that's, <laughs> that's the narrative of it, right? But it's just the emotion that comes out is not being expressed in the right way. And as you said, Joel, it's Jungian psychology. When the shadow is integrated, it becomes the golden shadow. And it's like i had sort of moved away from enjoying the fight. I love to fight, not in the street, not hurt someone, but against another trained opponent where I can test myself. I fucking love it because I find myself in it. I find my bullshit. I find my excuses. I find my edge. I find I want to give up. I want to... When I get dominated by a good black belt or a good brown belt in jiu-jitsu, I feel like uh, pathetic, right? And so that makes me, iron sharpens iron, as they say, and that mm-hmm. makes me want to get better. It makes me find my edge and then I get that primal masculinity out of me and I just become a calmer, confident, safer human being for everyone around me.
0: Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah, absolutely, man. Dude, can you speak of like, I feel like there's this extreme... Uh, new age version of the polarity teaching was going, going, going on at the moment, you know, particularly where the man just has to be the mountain and has to bear anything that that, that comes from the woman. Yeah. And no matter how many waves come and crash at him, you know, um, can yeah. you speak on that if you don't mind?
1: Yeah, I posted about this the other day and I saw a post that said, test him a thousand times and then test him a thousand times more. And I just looked at this, I went, that's fucking abuse. That's abuse. And that is like, if you think about that a thousand times and a thousand times more, your woman's testing you once a day for six fucking years, six years every day. If my woman was testing me every day for six years, I'd be like, no, get, I, if she did it for six days, I'd be like, get out of here. Like, yeah. no, like who are you? Why are you t- doing this? This is this like feminine chaos and rage that is like, oh, uh, I'm the storm and you're the mountain. It's like, No, you're meant to ride the waves of the emotionality of them. They go through their cycles, and every week is different, right? So they have their cycle, and then they have the week after, and then two weeks, three weeks, and four weeks. If you can maintain a sense of stoicism and calm throughout that, great. But it doesn't mean that we're meant to be the subject of abuse because what will happen and what's in the polarity teachings is I'm going to test you, I'm going to test you, I'm going to test you until you can't take it anymore, then I can blame you. So I can jump to another guy and say, you you're a boy that didn't do his shit and weren't strong enough to handle my chaos and handle my storm. It's like, no, nah, that's called domestic violence. That's yeah. called coercive control. That's called abuse and manipulation. And that's not fucking cool by any stretch of the imagination. And then to dump it back on the man and say, oh, well, he hadn't done enough work. He couldn't handle all of me. You know, like the, that other narrative of like, oh, handle all of me. It's like, what are you talking about? Like, why don't you just take responsibility? step into your femininity, which is actually more of the aspect of surrender and receptivity and openness so the man can lead, rather than trying to crush your man's spirit so you can be right about the fact that you're crazy. You know, like, it's it's too extreme and it needs to come back to balance. You know, it's
0: becoming this thing where... Everything requires rationality, you know. It's not just a masculine thing. Everything needs to be rational.
1: Totally. It's like, if we're getting women, like, there's that, hot, crazy matrix that they talk about where it's like, you know, you want a woman to be about an 8 out of 10 hot, but a 5 out of 10 crazy. But the, the crazier they are and the hotter they are, it's like, that's a, that's the danger zone. And then low-level crazy with high-level hot, that's the unicorn that doesn't exist, right? So it's
0: Sorry, guys. Little technical difficulties there. Um, apparently, Joe, Joe Biden cut out your internet after he ignored his phone yeah. call.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shut him down. Yeah. Yeah. You were telling us about the hot, crazy The matrix. hot, crazy matrix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So there's this thing out there, which is a bit amusing, which is like, you know, if you get a 10 out of 10 hotness with a less than five out of 10 craziness, you've got a unicorn that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And like, it's, you know, if you've got a five out of 10 hotness, but an eight out of 10 crazy, that's a death sentence for a man. Um, and vice versa. So it's it's pretty funny, but this sort of like the more feminine, I think a woman is, is like, you're going to take on like the chaos, the, you know, bonkers, like, you know, they words don't match their actions. Like, These are typically the sort of women that I've dated that I like because I'm very masculine. And so the more masculine you are, the more feminine you're going to attract in. But we were talking about balance, I think, where it came out, where we need to bring things back to balance. And that can be done through rationality and logic. But it's also, and I, I did a post on this, it's like this ridiculous goddess queen culture that's out there that is just this immature dark feminine, which is just wrapped up in this goddess culture. It's like, you know... Oh, I'm such a goddess and I'm a queen. And it's like, you're living at home with your parents. Like, what are you talking about? You know, like that sort of stuff needs to really be examined and not really taken on as like this culture where this immature brat behavior is wrapped up as feminine chaos and rage, you know? Yeah. And we see that in all of this, uh, all of these um, teachings that are out there where it's like, oh, he's not man enough to handle me. It's like no, like you're taking away from his life, like you're diminishing his life. You're not adding to it by acting like that in the crazy, smashing plates, throwing shit at people. And I was working with a guy, and she's like, he's like, yeah, my partner threw a glass in my head on the weekend. I was like, that's domestic violence. Like that's not cool to put up with that kind of stuff. Like if she wants to yell and rage and whatever, cool. But when it starts to get physical, yeah, I mean, I mean, if I threw a, some, an object at my partner, like, I'd be arrested. You know, I'd never do that. But like the other way, it seemed like, oh, she's just crazy. So it's got to be this coming back to this balance of owning those parts, working through it, understanding it and addressing where that's coming from. Because most of the time that comes from daddy issues. The woman won't have a good relationship with her father if she acts like that. And so we have to be bringing things back into harmony, into balance. The man is stable, stoic, grounded, present. She can start to unravel that and move through that. As stepping forward into commitment to be a healthy feminine being, not just giving them carte blanche to be however fucking crazy and nonsensical they want to be ad nauseum and ad infinitum for however long they want to be, and then blame the man for not being able to step up.
0: Yeah. And you have to you have to value yourself as an individual within relationships, you know, because and ultimately in valuing yourself as an individual and cultivating real self-love you're going to have boundaries. You're going to have firm boundaries no matter how, who, who it is to not deal with yeah. abuse on any level. You know what I mean? And the other person's mm. going to feel that.
2: No, yeah. no man of self-esteem is going to allow themselves to be tested a thousand times and another thousand times and then one
1: more time. No. You know? No. It's not going to happen. No. They won't. You get sick of that behavior and it'd just be really tiring, you know? And I think any relationship is meant to have healthy boundaries where it's like, you know, I'm not cool with this. This is not what I want. Like... I'm not going to do this. You, I'll give you an opportunity to step up, to go with me. If that's not what you want, then that's cool too. You know, I've had those conversations in relationships before where, you know, I'm like, look, this is what I want. If you're not there, then let's call it. And that's okay. We'll move on. So I think that's important, especially as a man that's you leading the relationship too.
0: Yeah. But people are afraid to speak up for themselves because of the perceived cost, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. What's the cost of not speaking up? You know, it's always a greater cost of not speaking up. I, I was working with, a, with uh, I wasn't working with them. A the guy I rang me the other day and he wanted me to help him resolve a really bad ringing that's in his head. And we were talking about pricing and he's like, oh, you know, like, can you do any cheaper? And because it's, you know, the cost is pretty expensive. And I said, well, what's the cost of not doing it? You know, and it's like, it's that kind of mentality. It's like, what's the cost of not doing something versus the cost of doing it? You know, and there's always value versus cost, always. And the cost is always going to be detrimental to your value if you're compromising. Yeah, dude,
0: absolutely. But the, the thing is, our, our culture is built on compromise. Our culture, for the, for the most part, is built on altruism, right? And this is very yeah. much so linked to the, the, the kind of unconscious receding of communism within our society as well. We're no longer in a place where we expect to give value to receive value anymore either, mm. you know what I mean? Of course. you demand course. value. Yeah, that, 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 that's but, right. And we, we expect we expect value, you know, and we expect that things yeah. should, should just be done at a compromise. But what's that doing? It's relationships. It's creating resentment. It's yeah. creating obligation. No one likes practicing it. No one likes doing it, you know, but mm. or it's just embedded in the culture on, for, on, on, on some level.
1: Yeah, and, you know, this is like a big one with like polyamory and open relationships, Right is that the woman will usually be the one that wants to call a polyamorous open relationship. But that's just a way for the beta male or the weak submissive male to try to maintain some sort of value because he thinks that his woman is, is more valuable. And this is part of like the sexual liberation culture, the hookup culture. I call it kindergarten because it's like a bunch of kids running around looking for like validation through cheap means by doing that. And I'm not a fan of that stuff. And I speak pretty openly about it, but it's this compromising of values where it's like, nah, like as me as a man, I'm not going to fucking let my woman go out and fuck other dudes. Are you serious? Like, if that's what you want to do, see later, like get out of here. I'm not going to put up with that stuff, but because it's in the environment now, you know, more and more women are calling that in the, under the guise of sexual liberation, which is I demand this. And we're looking at like everywhere in our culture now as well, especially in, The hard left, right? They just demand that things be their way without offering any value whatsoever. You know, you will do things the way that I want to do them just because I say so. And if you don't, I'm going to complain about it because I'll get offended. And the fact that it's out there, like at the moment with this gender narrative that's going on, how offended people get, it's a tiny minority which are creating like this ripple out into this behavior, which I'm looking at it going, I can't believe this. Like seven year olds allowed to take puberty blockers young girls and boys allowing to being allowed to choose whether they want gender reassignment surgery without their parents consent you cannot make a decision at seven years old at that kind of level you know i was talking to my partner she knows the guy that they're letting their kid choose their own gender he's fucking three bro kids are being raised
0: to to, as non-binary for them to choose their gender when they're of age to choose it like what the fuck is this doing to someone's psyche
2: well isn't it's the, ridiculous. The, there's the phrase with babies, they're called babies now, you know? Like so you're not ah. you're putting the gender on on the child. Like, oh, they'll decide their gender when 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 they grow up.
1: Yeah. I it's mean, sick. It's it's a mental distortion.
2: We, you're we're gonna see so many lawsuits in the future from older yeah. older kids uh, that are, when they finally maybe maybe get some sense and they go, "I can't believe my parents allowed me to do this, you know or mm. they, they, it's just insane to me. the child's psyche is not developed to a point to make this kind of to make these kinds of decisions
0: that are permanent yeah
1: and yeah I mean, it, because yeah it goes, so back I got it, to the,
0: it goes back to the destruction of reasons, you know yeah we we now now we now we're just denying the facts of reality, okay. So now now no one can understand reality. No one can comprehend everything. So just seeding the Mm -hmm. ground for more and more irrationality, which is going to lead to all sorts of other bullshit.
1: Yeah. Well, we look at, um, you know, teachers along the way are able to suggest medicating a child based on ADD, uh, behavioral disorders and things like that. So teachers are starting to form the parental role towards Mm -hmm. students now. And I saw a post the other day where I, I can't remember what they're called. I think they're called binders or something. Which, they, which girls wear around their breast tissue to flatten them out so they don't appear as girls and teachers are starting to distribute them in school and encourage that. And it's like when did the state become the parent because that's what it's really been moving towards like the state raises the child, that's the yeah. agenda. Yeah. but if we look at that it's like you know uh, you know if like I'm a seven or eight year old kid, you know I, skate, I was a big skateboarder when I was a kid so I hung out with other skateboarders. So if I'm like a seven or eight year old that's seeking belonging and connection, And all my male mates are now going, oh, yeah, I'm going to take puberty blockers and I want to be a little girl. Fuck, well, I want to fit in. So maybe I'll just do that without knowing the catastrophic cost to my own mental, psychological, emotional, spiritual, sexual, physical health later on down the track, just because I want to fit into a narrative which is completely poisoning the minds of children and society alike. It's madness. Yeah, Yeah, And
2: then you have parents who want to be seen a certain way or go along with a progressive agenda, and so they're not gonna they're not gonna say anything either because they have their their communities and their social groups that, that they also don't want to be looked down upon when someone's bringing this up in a conversation. And how dare they stand up and speak their truth because someone's gonna be like, "Oh, I'm transphobic" or "I'm I'm I'm a, some Trump supporter" or whatever the case may be. Like it's pretty wild. It's happening on every single level. And then on top of it, you have the media and you have hollywood that's pushing us as well so if you don't have psychic immunity as a parent how are you going to instill that in your child yeah well irrationality
0: breeds irrationality right and i'm I'm sorry to say this but in 2022 sending your kid to be raised by the state for five six hours a day is irrational
1: in the in the, in the, in the in the current in the current society we live in yeah totally man it's just because it comes down to indoctrination and they're just going kind to of indoctrinate these new ideas, these new philosophies to destroy and invert the human essence at its natural state. The natural state is everything operates in a dualistic fashion, right? It's duality. Light requires dark to exist. There's I'm not a big fan of right and wrong, but you know, left and right, male, female, masculine, feminine, cold needs heat. We all need one thing is the opposite to understand it, to try to bring it back to the fact that there's no gender. And I mean, look what's happening in swimming competitions, creepy men identifying as women that are 35-year-old men taking on eight-year-old girls that are wrestling, like, because they identify as a fucking eight-year-old, or walking into public bathrooms and, you know, going to the toilet next to a little girl. Like, it's fucked. And it's like, there's no other way that we can look at it. You know, I'm a pretty articulate and well-measured man in the way that I use words, but it's fucked. And it's creating a corrupted society. And this virus is spreading very quickly. This is a real virus, this one. This is a mind virus. This is a psychological virus. Not one that's, you know, COVID or whatever. But to be for a grown man that could be a sexual predator, to be able to walk into a little girl's bathroom, yeah. expose his genitals and look at her at the same time, is atrocious and it shouldn't be allowed. Fuck no, bro. And you know what, to me, it's, it's
0: reflective of this whole, this whole movement towards neutrality. It's also a movement towards moral neutrality they don't want anyone empowered mm. to make any decision. And to me, there is mm. right and wrong. There is moral and immoral. But they want everyone in this moral grayness, where we don't mm. we don't understand or comprehend the facts of life, the facts of reality. We can't trust our own minds to know what's right or what's wrong anymore. You know, it's it's mm. all just distorted and all over the place. Wasn't
2: it the yeah. recent
0: the recent u uh, recent U.S. nominee to the Supreme Court?
2: They asked her like to define a woman, and she was like, "I'm not a biologist."
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Madness. Absolute madness. It's like, you got female anatomy, you're a woman. Yeah. They did that in Australia too, where one of the guys was asking and he goes, well, it's a hot topic and I don't really want to get into it because there's many definitions of what a woman is.
2: Yeah. It's like, what's yours? You know, speak your truth. Everyone, everyone's walking in eggshells. No one wants to stake their flag in the ground about anything for fear fear of retribution, fear of being canceled, fear of, you know, losing their platform.
1: It's really, that's, Hmm. It's really sickening. Let's, let's, you know, let's, correct, let's correct it. Jaguar, what is a woman? It's a woman that is born with female anatomy. It is a being that has a, the anatomy of a vagina and a reproductive process where they can give birth to children. Mm-hmm. The X Is it XY chromosome? I can't remember. Is it XY or Y chromosome? Whatever that is. It's like, I'm that's
2: sure. it. Sure, the left has an argument
1: against that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a trans <laughs> flag now on the emoji uh thing on iphone have you seen it no if you type in trans like there's the new trans flag. <laughs> yeah yeah there's it's one it's on pretty there. wild so. we, uh,
2: i've shared this story in i think private i don't know if i've said it publicly but my wife and i were in a, a trauma training course somatic experiencing and we were talking about working with the, the viscera and it was on zoom because of the shit show that was going on last year And one of the one participant was like, hey, so what happens when, you know, I'm working with uh, like a a pregnant woman? And of course, me knowing the environment I was in, I looked straight to the chat because I was waiting and someone comes in. Can we please use gender neutral language and call it a a, a, like a a birthing person? And then other people chimed in. It became this whole thing, dude. It's just like, what? Again, where are the feminists? We're the feminists here, where the, like women are being erased. You can't say like mother, you have to say birthing person, you can't say breastfeeding, you have to say chest feeding. I mean, it's, it is irrational, you know? And then people think, oh, yeah, it's this ridiculous. Is natural, this is a natural evolution and progress in the last five, 10, 15 years where we've just, we've, we've just lost our minds and that like, oh, yeah, this is normal.
1: Yeah. The next thing is going to be the child lovers movement as well, where pedophilia is oh. going to be normalized. As it's a happening. sexual proclivity. Yeah. It's already it's happening. Already happening. Yeah.
2: People want to add the P to the LGBTQ plus and all the other letters. It's like, there's a movement yeah. for that. Yeah. There's there's speeches at conferences, at academic conferences where people are sliding this in. But again, this, it's wild for anyone that has seen the 1984 interview with Yuri Besmanov and G. Edward Griffin um, talking about ideological subversion, you know, the movement through the institutions. Yeah. This has been the plan for decades, you know, and we're mm. seeing it. Happening, but we're seeing it really come to fruition, like you said. And however, you know, the last five ten years, I feel like it's just on steroids.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is.
0: But anyways you know what, man? There's a massive splitting of society. There's there's no doubt about it. It's it, mm. it, it, it's a train wreck that's still going, but many people have left the train and are still leaving the train. You know, so I think I think seeds, even though even though that is moving in that direction, seeds are being planted. Um, firmer and deeper into the ground on 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 the other side as well, uh, so to speak. And the more it goes along, the more people are like, "What the fuck? This train is completely out of control." You know. So it's it's yeah. almost like there's this just this portion of reality that's just going down this incredibly <clears throat> dystopian timeline. And there's other people just standing there outside the theater, you know, just 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 watching it. Like, what the yeah. fuck is happening there? What is this shit show? Yeah, yeah.
1: The yeah, film heard, is still rolling. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard someone say, I can't remember who it was. It was a really good analogy where it's like, there are some people are still in the movie, but most people have walked out. So, yeah. some brilliant dude said that. I can't remember. But, coming coming um, to
2: an Instagram post nearest you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll write that. It just needs to come <laughs> out of nowhere. Maybe I heard it somewhere else. I don't know. Hey, man. Um, that was Arcan. credit to Joel for that one. I was, Arcan, uh, that guy must
0: be incredibly good looking as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Real smart, good looking, real modern man. I love it. (laughs) Um, And I think that just to speak to that, you know, it's important in this day and age that strong men speak the truth, you know? A strong man is not always a nice man. A strong man is a kind man, but he'll say what people need to hear, not what they want to hear. And I come up against this, you know, a fair bit. You know, my posts can be controversial sometimes. I can be pretty direct in it. I don't care if people don't like it if they don't like it or if they get upset by it. If you get upset by it, good, explore that. I want you to get upset by it. I want you to start to look at it and I'm going to start putting things in your face for you to see about the corruption of the social conditioning of which we have a responsibility as strong men. You know, it's like the saying that good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men, strong men create good times. We're in the hard times create strong men phase at the moment. That's why there's the attack on masculinity. One of the big things that men need to do is stand in truth regardless of attack or vitriol to go against the crowd. It's like that famous photo of the dude standing in front of the tank, you know, and there's the tanks behind him and it's one guy. And if that's, I mean, there's the three of us and we're on that path to to speak the truth, to put this out there and say enough bullshit. Like, I don't care if I offend you. Great, like, sorry, Aussie comedian. He goes, okay, you offended me. Now what? Yeah. Now what? Like, what happens now? Okay, cool. I offended you, great. Now what do we do about it? You know, yeah. like, it's just like, if you're offended, you need to look at yourself whereas if i'm offending you i can't actually offend you all i'm doing is revealing some sort of limitation that you've got that's already there so you need to look at yourself yeah and strong men have the responsibility to do what's right i like that you
0: brought up social media as well man because <laughs> i mean if p- people like it or not it is it is a weapon these days your voice is a weapon and it, it is a it, it is a tool for you to for you to share your consciousness and share your individual expression and for me, that's the reason I use social media is to share my voice, to share my individuality. But there's so many people out there just pandering to their audience, you know, pand- yeah. pandering to their followers. But that's just, it's, it's it's completely reversed in, 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 in my opinion. You know, if I was to tailor every single thing that I said for my audience, then I would mould myself to the collective. I would be losing my yeah. individuality. I'd be losing my individual expression. You know, mm. and now more than ever in this, I guess there's this new birthing. People want to work with like-minded people. People want to work with people that are integrity with them on all aspects of of reality, that understand things Mm. the way that they understand things, that aren't shying away from certain topics and aren't living in this fucking illusory PC culture that's been built around us, you know? I think part of taking back our voice is people need to... On some level, develop the courage and the strength and the individual, and the individuality and the self esteem to speak their truth and understand that. Okay, sure, some people are going to be offended, but that doesn't take mm. anything away from me. You know, because the more you use your voice, the more you speak in authenticity, you're signaling, you're signaling to the world your intentions, your wants, your desires, your vision, your future, your goals, your your reality. You know, but if mm. I'm constantly curtailing that and curbing my words based on some kind of collective mindset then i'm basically saying that i'm not ready
1: for it i'm not ready to go there mm. and that comes back to what we said at the start which is what's possible versus what's not what's not possible yep. anymore you know yep. what's not possible is to continue with the charade of pretend you know and authenticity can only come forward from that and energetically you step into the place of courage and authenticity and acceptance like if i accept myself for who i am great then no one can't accept me because i accept me so if you don't like me i don't care that's on you, not on me, and that's a really important part. Social media is a weapon. Our voices become tools, yeah. and we have influence. You know, we've got followings, so people follow it. I mean, I get a lot of support these days. I don't really get people that are off me or anything like that, which sometimes disappoints me because I do like a little bit of a good spirited debate with people when I'm trying to change a viewpoint. But you know, once we start to stand in truth and we speak that, then we're in integrity. And when we're in integrity, integrity comes from the word integer, which comes from the word entire, which means wholeness. When we're out of integrity, the opposite of an integer, which is a whole number, is a fraction. We become fractured to ourselves when we're not in integrity. And so integrity is really important for a man, in my opinion. Absolutely, man.
0: And, I mean, I, I find the same. I don't get too much backlash that, at all. And, like, my posts can be very triggering, obviously, to some people. But I think this is, this is the other point of it because you, you set your boundaries in the way that you use your yeah. voice and the way you speak your truth and with the integrity that you speak, you know? <coughs> Mm. And people know, people know where, where you're from. People know how grounded you are, how sensitive you are, how willing you are to defend your values. And so not mm. everyone is going to be like, all right, fucking let's have a go. You know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the, the
2: algorithm plays a role a little bit in that where you're, 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 your, your stuff's being shown to people that are more aligned. But even then, I think people know they can feel your intention. They can feel your power. They can feel your re- the reasoning and rationality. And they're like, they're just like, okay, today's not the day to troll.
0: That's
2: what I find. Yeah. All right. Hmm. <laughs> great to have you back on, man.
0: Yeah, it dude.
1: It's good to be on, man. I've really enjoyed it, man. Like, I'm like, why haven't I done this sooner? You know, like you guys, we always, we had such a good flow, man. You know, we're all in such a, in such, in such like synchronicity and synergistically aligned that it's like, it's fun, man. It's nice and loose. And it's good to see like how much can change in a year too.
2: Yeah. That's what I was just thinking. It's like like seeing here and seeing both of you here is a reference point to go back to where we were and what we were creating and what our vision was. And and it's kind of cool, man. And even as a man, even as a man, we're having this conversation about high value being a high value man. And it's like who I was as a man. 10, 11 months ago, whenever that was and who I am now and how I feel in my skin and how grounded I feel, how much more confident I feel for creating, putting forth productive effort, getting feedback from my environment. Like it's just, I feel so much more grounded and solid. I feel more confident, man. I feel like I can fucking slay dragons, dude. Like people like present, present an opportunity to me in like three, four years ago. Like, I don't know, can I do it? Am I able to do Mm -hmm. it now? I'm just like, yeah, cool. Yeah, that resonates. Let's do it.
1: Yeah, that's really important. Hey, it's like, you know, I got uh, interviewed by Vogue recently or a pre-interview for Vogue or something like that. I've got a couple of um, interviews coming up with, you know, half a million readership or listenership or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, cool, whatever. Like, don't even take it on anymore. Whereas, like, you know, a year or two ago, I'd be like, yeah, like I'm doing this and I'm telling everyone about it. Now I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever, Dude,
2: cool. I remember some years back where it was the first time someone asked me to come on, like, uh, it was a Facebook Live to talk about, like, body work and trauma. Bro, I was, like, fucking sweating bullets, man. <laughs> I was, like, I set up the camera. I was, like, oh, my God, I got to put hooks on it. It's got to be a certain angle. Everything's got to be fine. Now someone hits me up. I was, like, yo, you want to come on a podcast? Okay, cool. Like, oh, it's going to be on in 10 minutes. All right? let me sit down. Great. Let's have a conversation.
1: This is funny. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah. You just naturally fall into it. You know, people are like, I'll do workshops now and I'll be a guest speaker, whatever. And they're like, What's the workshop on? I'm like, Oh, I don't actually know what's it on. Oh, okay, like healing the father wound. Cool. Yeah, I'll just sit down and wing it. You know, it'll be like on my phone, like going, yeah, so blah, 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 blah. And like a one hour workshop or something, you know? Whereas, like you, you know, I'm like, right, I've got all these notes like around my screen, like whiteboards, chalkboards, pie graphs, charts, everything. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> now I just go, oh, yeah, whatever. Like, I didn't know we were going to talk about this today. I was just like, yeah, whatever we talk about, we'll talk about. Cool, let's go. I
2: love it. It's, I love it, man. It's so cool.
0: It's, 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 it's yeah, great, bro. Awesome. And I mean, because, Particularly that first episode, that was pretty much the start of also like a bit of an entrepreneurial journey for Erasmus and I as well. You know, and I remember at the time, one of the things you said to me, because back then I was purely working one on one with clients, I was doing just my um, divination readings, et cetera. And you asked me what my price was, and I told you, and you go, bro, you need to at least double, triple that, you know? And at the yeah. time, like all this, all this fear with, with, within me, you know, my, my value, my worth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera but um uh, it, it's it's incredible just to think back and have these um these direct signposts of of change and progress along the way yeah. you know and i think everyone needs that feeling bro everyone needs to feel like they've moved from a to b and they've walked some kind of path and they're taking some kind of journey of ascent you know and i think if more people had that that would actually cure a lot of the issues that 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 we're talking about because All these different dysfunctions, they arise out of external and needing to externalize validation, you know, but when Mm. you've walked a productive path, when you've conquered the dragon, when you slay the challenge, whatever it might be, you you have that validation, you develop this Mm. authentic sense of self-esteem, and you're no longer needing out there to to go and blabber and and, and be irrational and you mean to create all this drama in the ways that we've been talking about.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's a good point. You know, like when you're starting to sort of integrate the ego, you know, the wounded ego or the, you know, the need for validation or acceptance or whatever, you know, and it just moves through a path and you get to a point where it's like, yeah, cool. Like what am I actually aligned with? What's the, what do I want to put out into the world? You know, I don't need to be posting about all the articles I do or, you know, who wants to interview me or anything like that. that doesn't do anything for me anymore. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's important as you conquer those parts of yourself they actually dissolve and then the real authentic you starts to come out where it's like, okay, what am I really about? You know, what's, what's, what does, what's the truth of my heart with, matched mm-hmm. with my reasoning logic around how I want to present myself in the world, not yeah. a way that I can get women around me or drive fast cars or all this other nonsense that we think is going to make us happy. Rather, it's about speaking the truth of who we really are. 100%.
0: Absolutely, man. And like we've worked with a fair bit of, a fair few people now, obviously. And the one thing like that people want more than anything else, right? They want to be valued for their authenticity. They want to create mm. meaningful careers based on being themselves, based on giving their gift, you know. And I think yeah. this truly is this is this is vocational, right? That we're talking about. To me, this is on some level the highest ideal. And it's more possible now than ever before in this in this information age, you know. Um mm. There's so many people who are so eager and willing to learn. Um, Yeah. But there's these money blockages as well, right? Oh, wait, wait. I'm I'm, I'm going to receive value. Am I worthy of receiving value for giving my gift or for me, for who I am, Mm. you know,
1: that kind of thing. Because you're offering yourself as a service. So you'll define Mm. yourself based on the money that comes in. Like my partner, she's charging a certain amount and I'm like, Fucking same to you, I said, double it. Come on. Like, you're just not valuing yourself. Yeah. You know? And so when this guy, they asked me to discount it, I just go, whenever someone asks me for a discount, it usually is in a very enjoyable process because they're defined by some sort of guarantee, which means they don't value themselves. And if they don't value themselves to find the money, they will not. they're not going to value anything else outside of that because they haven't been able to find it. And it was funny because I said no to the guy and then I had another introduction call with another guy And I told him my rates and he goes, oh, I just don't have the money for that. I said, trust that you'll find it. Within two hours, he goes, I need your bank details. I've got your money. And I'm like, see, you valued yourself, right? So that's how it works. Money is tied in with value. Value is around self-love. Your value is inherent. You can't argue that. When someone has an absence of self-value, they're going to define themselves by how much, what they think they're worth, which is a piece of plastic that someone's giving that to them, which might be $70 an hour, $80 an hour. I'm like, if you value yourself, you will find the market that will pay you what you think you're worth, right? And you've got to take time to build that up and stuff like that and whatever. But people like to pay for... They like to pay a lot. That's what people don't get. Like They like to pay a lot for someone. They're like, yeah, this guy values himself. They're going to get the result. And if you've got the results, you'll charge accordingly, right? And that's all out of self-value. If you value yourself, that will be reflected in the external world.
0: Yeah. yeah, and also it's you're going to be often- much, you're going to be much more invested in what it is that you're you're you're, 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 yeah. you're buying as well, you know. And
2: you're you're inherently, and I know, I understand. There's people out there that are trying to scam people for money, but on the side of you giving your money, you're pushing past an edge. Just doing that, so mm-hmm. you're doing something mm. you've never done before. So then you have to deal with the the emotions and the feelings and the circumstances that come up around that. And then how are you mm-hmm. going to respond? You know, I was someone yeah. who was always like. You know, like, fuck paying all this money for coaches. I'll figure out my own. I'll read a book. I'll do a thing. And one time I got on a call with someone some years back. And he's like, this is my six-month program. I was like, that doesn't work. And he's like, three-month program, this much? And I went, fuck it. I got a credit card. Mm. And one thing that he told me to do in that set the stage for so much to follow that has brought me to where I am right now. And so worth it. It was totally worth it.
1: Yeah, if you get one thing that shifts your awareness or changes the course of who you are, yeah. no amount of money can compensate yeah. for that. True. No amount. Like there's a lot of charlatans in, in our industry and I always say, look for the story to what they've overcome versus what they're teaching and how did you find out about it? Because a guy asked me for a guarantee the other day. I'm like, I can't guarantee what's going to happen in the world of physics once I help dissolve something for you. Like, I can't do that. But I said, if you want a guarantee, go to the guy that referred me to you. I said, look at how much his life's changed. The greatest, greatest testimonial is a referral. And most of my work comes through referral, a little bit through Instagram, but 90% comes through referral. I'm like, I don't need to guarantee or push for business because most of my stuff comes through word of mouth. Right. So when you get one thing and shift one thing that could be life changing, which is just a shift in perspective, you know, I was, I did a workshop with a woman where I said, someone's not coming over, opening up the top of your head and pouring in a jar of anger to make you pissed off at your man. It was a women's workshop. And this woman went into like a three-day trauma release because just that perspective that she'd taken on, that she'd been making it incumbent upon her man as though he was responsible and the source of her anger, she'd never even thought about looking at it as though it exists inside her. Once she got that, she got to release that anger and their relationship started to get repaired. That was just one tiny little perspective shift. And when you shift your perspective, you shift your world. So if you're able to do that with people like the coach did with you, Erasmus, mm-hmm. like it changes your life. It sets the, sets the stage for something magical and brand new. So it's super important to be doing this kind of work with people that have done the work, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it goes back to, you know, what you said earlier in our talk about like, um, was it like, I don't know, it was like facing a certain type of challenge and hard times. And I feel like we, we, we're, we don't have these challenges. We're just so comfortable. You know, we're not putting ourselves in these positions to
1: really test our mettle. Taking on the hardest task you can think of at that point for who you are. That'll change in time as well. You know, people always think that there's like this horizon where once I reach the horizon, then everything's going to be perfect. But that goal that you want to reach or that horizon, you change as a person. So even when you get that, you're going to be different by the time that you get what you think is going to make you happy. So you're going to be different anyway. So then the horizons going to shift. So it's about chasing. You're chasing horizons at that point. You never really get there. Yeah. So once you stop chasing the horizon, you start to shift the internal game, right? So you start playing the internal game instead of the external game. It's not about external shifting or validation or consumption. It's about internal spiritual evolution. Once you play that game, that's the fun. You know, that's mm-hmm. where it becomes fun. Like I still write two to three hours every single day. And I'm in a point of maturity in my work, but I'm still writing and reading and taking things in and analyzing my own mind and expanding on it. You know, it's still, it's dedication to your craft. And yeah. that's really important as a man as well.
0: Yeah, bro, being, being better than who, you, than who we were, you know? And that's, that's, a, that's a challenge that does not end. That's for sure. Yeah. Jaguar, final question. What is the single most important lesson that you've ever learned in your life?
1: <sighs> Everyone a has a good question. Single, single most important. Uh, the single most important was that I realized that wherever I had problems, I was always there, right? So when I realized that, I stopped blaming the world for what I was going through. I realized I was the common theme. I started to become responsible for my own world. When I took full responsibility, a dude named Jocko Willink wrote a book called Extreme Ownership um, if you take 100% responsibility for your life, that is the greatest gift you can give yourself because then you become powerful. And so when I realized I was the common theme, I was like, oh, fuck, I've been playing the victim card the whole time. Victims like to blame. Powerful people take responsibility. Well said. I, I, yeah. I,
0: echo, I echo that one, man. 100%. Bro. <laughs> Always such a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you so much for joining us and, and catching up. Um, where
1: can people connect with you and um, get in touch? Yeah, you're welcome. Like, man, I, you guys are so awesome, man. Like, I love the conversations that we have. And, you know, like, we'll definitely do another one soon. Oh, yeah. um, appreciate the platform as well. and am so, so stoked to see your success, you guys, and the guests you've been getting on. Like, it's just phenomenal from where we've come from, where it was just the three of us as the, I was the first guest until a year later to see what you've done. So I just want to acknowledge you guys and the message you're putting out there and got so much respect and admiration for you guys. It's, it's fucking awesome. Um, where people can find me is Instagram is pure Jaguar P-U-R-E, Jaguar, as it's spelled. Uh, all my words, website, jaguarheart, H-E-A-R-T, dot co. Guys, if you feel the call, do not hesitate. Jag is a
0: is a man of his word and he's a man of action. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and we'll see you all next time. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean. Fast forward in evolution.